This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. We are back with Lifescapers coach Darlene Crisley and author Amy Fish. I wanted fries with that, who's having a book signing and conversation tomorrow at Indigo Books Yorkdale in Toronto from 11 to 1 p.m. For her new book, I wanted fries with that. The name of the event tomorrow is called Books and Bagels at Yorkdale Indigo. And we are here with Darlene as well. I'm just going to start, though, with Amy. Amy, if readers could take away one thing from your book, I wanted fries with that, what would it be? Complaining effectively works. Do it. Don't be, don't be shy. Be brave and just do it. It works. Or even if you are shy, say me and my shyness are going to ask for this together. Right. That's don't right. Don't let the shyness stop you from doing what you need to do. You might be a shy person, but you still have to stand up for yourself. I love that. And I also wanted to say, in case I don't have a chance, coming up on Thursday, October 24th at the Schwartz Riesman Center. So that's this Thursday, October 24th, from 7.30 p.m. to to 9.30 p.m. There is going to be a wonderful event. Amy, what is it? Oh, I'm so excited about it. It's all Q&A. It's live problem solving <laughs> with Amy Fish. Come, bring your difficult questions, try and stump me, and I'm going to solve problems on the spot for you. I love that. And I want to plug a bunch of things for Darlene before I ask her last question. Some exciting announcements are, You're So Brave will run away, run again, not run away, run away and run again in winter 2020. The next London adventure will be in May 2020. We didn't get a huge chance to talk about that, but it's fantastic. And Darlene will be back for a full hour to talk about many, many things. And so will, so will Amy as well, I hope. Darlene will be taking Mama Imwa to the Fringe Circuit this coming summer, so watch out for it to get in touch with Darlene, you can go to Darlene at lifescapers.com. And Darlene, what is the main thing you would like to impart to your coaching clients? When you feel that little spark of excitement, breathe on it and uh, feed it. Don't ignore it. Don't put it, don't uh, repress it. There's a huge cost for that. Feed your spark. Feed your spark and feed your soul. And I love all of these things. I wanted to just, first of all, thank you all for being here today. I'm so excited for people to read the book. I wanted fries with that. Come tomorrow to Yorkdale Indigo to hear Amy in person and come and see all about that. And as well, uh, I'm so excited for you to connect. Oh, to connect more to Darlene. Oh, they're just telling me we have a little more time. So I'm going to ask both of you. Um, some final questions. So, Amy, what are the three most important things to Amy Fish? The three most important things? Mm-hmm. Family, work, love. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. And what is true bliss for Amy Fish? Oh, boy. It's a toss-up between reading and spending time with my family. I love that. My Bo- two favorite things. Both great things. And Darlene, what about you? The three most important things to Darlene Crisley? Creativity. Love and travel. (laughs) You love travel. I remember you telling that story in class about the rapids. What was that story? Something about that you love the rapids. Oh, I don't know that. I do whitewater canoeing, but I just got back from doing the uh, Camino Nova Scotia. Um, 115 kilometer walk through the Annapolis uh, Valley, (sighs) which was a fascinating experience. And I also, I'm leading, I lead a group of women to uh, London, England to do... um, 
cool things. I rent a mansion basically in the center of London and hire spaces in it. And then we create unique experiences all throughout the city during that week. So that's coming up again the first week of May. So travel is a big deal. What's the name of that event? Um, That is uh, Spirit of Wonder London. And when you describe it, you use the word bespoke. And I didn't exactly understand what what you meant by that. So I'd love you to tell us. It's nothing that you can get from any other travel agency. And it's nothing that is, uh, it's not, it's very customized to the people who are coming and their interests. And, um, and also it's, um, we create a community in that house. I love that. And people walk away with what? They walk away with, uh, connection to themselves, but an experience where they can step out of their regular life and into a new environment and look at that really from that, that lens of wonder, you know, from, from what's there and really engage. I could say more about that, but I'm going to uh, stop now. I think, um, they say they walk away knowing themselves better. They Mm -hmm. say they walk away surprised by what they noticed Nice. and they're thinking about things differently. It, It opens openness to experience, you know, they say is of the big five personality, um, traits, the one that relates closely to, um, creativity. And so that's one of the reason I do it, right? I think it's a kind of experience that opens people up to bring more creativity and imagination into their lives. That's great. You both are people who have are make it happen kind of people, which is what I love on this show. And I'm just wondering, Amy, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to be like you and make it happen? <laughs> Write a book, do it all. <laughs> I cannot imagine if somebody wanted to be like me, I would say be yourself. <laughs> that would be my number one tip. It's good to get inspiration from other people, right, Darlene? Yeah. But, but we use that to form a collage. So look at that as collaging. Take from different people. Look at mm-hmm. where your spark is. Maybe mm-hmm. that's something that you could journal about or or write about or talk about or sketch about. But you don't want to be like me. You want to be like you. Exactly. Of course. I and love have the that. courage to do it. I want to thank all of my guests for being here today. Darlene Crisley, truly a masterful coach. You can reach her at lifescapers.com and author Amy Fish and her incredible, empowering and funny book. It really is so funny. I laughed out loud many, many times. I wanted fries with that which is available on Amazon Books and at all major bookstores. And again, stop by tomorrow to see Amy at Indigo Yorkdale for a conversation and book signing. The event, again, is called Books and Bagels. Stay tuned next week when we devote an entire hour to Mental Health Empowerment Day and lots more. Before we close the show with meditation, which we all need, it's always good to have one of those, I want to thank producer Phyllis Newman, production coordinator Valerie Stanton, technical producer Duncan Briggs, Uh, a new uh, technical producer who's here today, Jordan. Special thanks to Faz Quasi and everyone here at Zoomer Radio. We're going to close out the show with a soothing meditation. And here it goes. If you're driving, of course, pull over, turn off your ignition, open your window and perhaps even recline back. And here we go. Start by settling back into a comfortable position and allow your eyes to close or keep them open with a softened gaze. Begin by taking in several deep breaths, breathing in fully and exhaling fully. Breathe in through your nose and out through your nose or mouth, whatever works for you. Allow your breath to find its own natural rhythm. Bring your full attention to noticing each in-breath as it enters your nostrils travels down to your lungs and causes your belly to expand 
and notice each out breath as your belly contracts and air moves up through the lungs, back up through the nostrils or mouth. And notice how the inhale is different from the exhale. You may experience the air as cool as it enters your nose and warm as you exhale. As you turn more deeply inward, begin to let go of noises around you. And if you are distracted by sounds in the room, simply notice them and then bring your attention back to your breath. Don't try to control your breath in any way. Just observe and accept your experience in this moment without judgment, paying attention to each inhale and each exhale. If your mind wanders, simply notice it and then practice letting go of the thought as if it were a leaf floating down a stream. And then bring your attention back to your breath. Your breath is an anchor you can return to over and over again when you become distracted by thoughts. Notice when your mind has wandered and just mindfully focus your awareness back to your breath. Watching the gentle rise of your belly on the in-breath and the relaxing letting go on the out-breath. Allow yourself to be completely with your breath as it flows in and out. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes and come back to the room, fully alert and awake, wiggling your fingers and toes. The breath is always with you as a refocusing tool to bring you back to the present moment. Put a smile on your face and have a wonderful afternoon. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back from commercial with author Amy Fish, and now joining us is Darlene Crisley. Darlene Crisley is a creative being, a writer, speaker, performer, learning facilitator, and master certified coach who co-created the certificate program in coaching for Adler Professional Schools, and she has taken that program all over the world. She works internationally in a broad range of industries with a particular concentration in healthcare. She has also made her living as a librarian, college instructor, freelance writer, university registrar and founding member of the International Coach Federation. She has her own coaching company called Lifescapers. She is the author of the book Conversations for Power and Possibility, which is coming out with a new edition very soon, Four Simple Conversations to Transform Your Life and Change the World. And she has a new one-woman show called Mama et Moi. 
which is being remounted next spring at the Fringe Festival. She also was my teacher when I became a life coach at Adler, and she's an expert at helping people connect to their creativity and imagination and find their passion and purpose. It's an honor to have you here on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 97.7. Darlene, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm so happy. Darlene, you are truly a masterful life coach who weaves your magic and expertise with an invisible thread, making each individual feel like they came up with it all on their own. Many years ago in a coaching class when I was trying to make a career decision and was having difficulty navigating it, you told me that I was like a mermaid swimming with the sharks. It was suddenly so clear. That image was so powerful, it propelled me into my next chapter with ease and grace. How do you come up with these brilliant metaphors, Darlene? <laughs> I'm a coach. I know mine are never as good. Where does this gift come from? Uh, I think the the gift for the language, like as Amy was talking about earlier, it's that love of language from the time that you're young and also the the visual. When I'm listening to people who are talking about their situations, I really am just turning on the screen of my mind and watching the images come up. And it's amazing how intuitively, you know, whatever they're bringing up and whatever's screening across my visual screen, if I say it out loud, how often it hits. It's amazing. But it's, it's amazing how you're so insightful and you're such a deep listener that you actually are able to put into images sometimes and metaphors uh, an image like that will actually help propel you so beautifully. Speaking of gifts, we have a little gift for you as well. Oh, and this is you. from 889 Yoga. And it's, it's basically a stone. It's Amazonite. And it's one of the best stones for manifesting your dreams, intentions, and affirmations, empowering self-discovery, self-awareness, and the ability to embrace, embrace one's own integrity and truths. I also love the color because it's this beautiful light color that reminded me of your eyes. And there's a lovely description of the stone in the little drawstring bag. You see, when you come on, on Finding like Your Bliss, you get tips. And- for a stone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of pressure on this one little stone. Let's, let's see it. Well, I have to oh, say, wow. this is a really uh, nice... Uh, that's beautiful, eh? The wow. color matches your, uh, I think it matches your nail polish. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. So welcome. Enjoy it. How did you come to coaching, Darlene, and why do you love to do this so much? I came to coaching, actually, when I was, um, I was associate registrar at McMaster University for a few years, and it had been fun. You know, we were doing a lot of things, but I have about a seven-year attention span for careers, or I did up until that time, and I wanted to take some time off. So I went to quit, and they said, oh, no, don't quit. Take a leave of absence. So I took myself up to the cottage and made good use of that time reading trashy magazines on the end of the dock. (laughs) And one not-so-trashy magazine, I think it was Ladies' Home Journal, Mm. I read an article, and they were talking about someone in California who was doing this thing called coaching, which was brand new, and no one had ever heard of it, and what they were doing down there. And so, it hit me, like I had a physical response to it, you Mm. know, like a, a response or almost like a voice that said, yeah, this is for you, this is what I want to do. And it was so strong that I um, I took down the information, I called up the people in the article, I got online, I flew down to California, uh, followed it up, and the ICF was just forming, Coaches Training Institute was just starting down there, and so I took some training, I got involved with the organization, I hired my own coach, 
I said, there's nothing like this in Canada, so why don't you come up? And I came up here and started to produce the first coach training in Canada and brought them up to deliver some of the programs sent out to anyone who I thought it would be interesting in, you know, career change or all the other uh, professions that I thought might be um, interested. And that was the it beginning. Took off. It just yeah. took off like crazy. And your company is called Lifescapers. You can reach Darlene at lifescapers.com. And you do a million things we're going to talk about. But we have a call on the air. It's Michelle from Toronto. Wow, already. Oh. <laughs> I think she's here. Almost. Hi, Hi Michelle. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Do you have a question for Darlene? I do. Um, I just retired after 35 years with the government. And I'm not feeling that I truly want to retire. I'd like to find uh, a new career path for myself. But once you've been slotted into a certain type of work, it's a challenge to find something new and different. But I am looking for a different career move, something very different from what I've been doing. But I feel that I'm probably going to be challenged, first of all, based on my age, uh, based on the type of work that I did for so many years. And um, and technology as it is today, so those are my challenges. When when you're talking, I hear the two voices. It's almost like a dialogue coming over the the line. So on one side, I hear all of the um, the desire and the passion and the purpose and the imagination and the what yeah. if and the excitement. And on the other side, I hear all the reservations and all of the reasons why not and all of the anticipated objections you might get. So mm-hmm. I imagine that uh, first line there is really ma- how do you manage that com- those two conversations or that conversation with those two voices when they come up? Yeah, it is. It is my challenge right now. I think. Um, so often, you know, people say to me, how do I find my passion? How do I find my purpose? I, how do I know where to, to go next? And almost always, as I hear in your voice, there's something that's wanting to come out. And it's, will we let it? Or what kind of guarantees do we feel we need before we're going to let it? Mm-hmm. Before we're going to feed it? Before we're going to go for it? And so... um I think what I would encourage you, and if if we had forever to talk on this line, you know, half an hour in coaching, I'm just so curious to hear what's wanting to be born. What are you excited about? I really love to to uh, hear more about that. Do you want to talk more about that? Um, well, I'm hoping I would really like to explore a more creative side that I'm sh- sure I have, um, but I just need to um, have that. Uh, explored before. I, I know exactly what to do, but I know that there is a creative side, and um, I just need some ideas. Yeah. Can Can I say something, mm-hmm. um, Michelle? What do you think would be the first step if you were talking to someone named Rochelle, someone exactly exactly like you in your same station in life, having worked over thirty years yeah. in the position you've worked in, and you finally had this opportunity, and you're with Rochelle. And Rochelle is saying, I need help. I need to know what the first step is. What would you tell her? What would I tell her? Yeah. What advice would you give someone exactly like you that wanted to venture into a creative area? What would be your advice to someone exactly like you about what the first step might be? Well, I think it's um, finding someone uh, with the skill set, such as yourself, 
yourself that um, could help me explore or I could undergo certain types of testing to find out where my strengths lie that I haven't really tapped into yet. So you can email me at darlene at lifescapers.com. So if you email me there, then we can have a chat and go in more depth of it. Um, And I'd love to to talk to you more about it. In the meantime, yeah, Mm -hmm. as you're exploring, um, here are some things. Get out a journal and start doing some sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, get out uh, in the same journal start writing just some free you know if I wasn't afraid I would or you know in my most ideal world or what I wish I'd done instead of what I did mm-hmm. whatever that that is and start writing sure. uh, third thing is uh, maybe do a collage collaging is really powerful because you just recognize images that speak to you and cut them out and just keep mm-hmm. putting them on the board so they're in front of you mm-hmm. and the other yeah. thing if I may add one more piece to that, the other thing that I would do is make yourself um, a place in your journal that's only the voice, the yeah, but, or the, mm. uh, you know, sort of a yeah, but place. Mm-hmm. And every time they come through your, your head, just put them down, put them down, put them down, right? Mm-hmm. And when we ca- talk, we can talk about strategies for how to manage that so they don't get in the way. But if you start doing those things, mm-hmm. honestly, there's something in you that's wanting to emerge, the other thing, I'm going to add one more, and then and then I will really cut off. Um, pay attention as you're reading the paper, as you're on media, as you're out in the world, what is really um, catching your attention? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you really saying? Yeah, I really have something to say about yeah, that, or yeah, I really care about that. Really pay attention to those, because okay. that's the groundwork, and then you build from there. Mm-hmm. That's, That's wonderful. Great. great advice. Michelle, thank you so much for calling. And uh, maybe you. you'll follow up with us on the show and let us know what happened okay. and uh, what your bliss is becoming, because we'd love to hear about it and support you in your endeavor. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Darlene, you're, uh, thank you for that. Uh, your tagline of Lifescapers is living, learning, and leading with creativity and imagination. You also say that bliss is not about following what is expected or how others live, but basing your life on your own values, interests, and intuition, figuring out what you care most about in the world and taking a stand for it, kind of the way Amy Fish does in her book, I Wanted Fries With That. What else does bliss mean to you, Darlene? Well, bliss for me is a feeling or uh, an experience, and it's also um, a signal for me that I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's nature's way when we have that feeling of knowing, yeah, this is a sweet spot. And it comes when I'm using my gifts, you know, the things that I do well. There's an old movie, I don't know if people remember it, Chariots of Fire. And when we talk in that movie, they talk about, um, you know, when I run, I feel God's pleasure on me. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have those things that when we sing or when we, we do our thing, we feel that to me, that's a bliss. The same thing, a different kind of bliss, I think, is a satisfaction for setting a goal that's really meaningful for us, giving it everything we've got, and then feeling the accomplishment of that. I mean, that's an element of bliss. There's many ways to approach it, but I think... That feeling is the, yeah, you're on track. 
You talked to me before the show about how you're doing exactly what you want to be doing. You're completely aligned with your vision and values. We only have time for this one question before the next break, but I wanted to say that you do these wonderful one-woman shows all throughout your career, and they've been things like Passion's Progress, Call My Name in Chaos, Trust, Museum of Desire, and now you're doing it with your current show, Mama, Mama, et moi. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. Can you tell us just briefly about what the show is all about? I know it's coming back to the Fringe Festival next summer. Yeah. What I want to say is that um, I created the show in honor of my 60th birthday. Happy birthday, oh, Darlene. Thank you. <laughs> and um, when I was thinking about it, there's so many things. I'm, I'm 60 years old, which is, uh, you know, an anxious age. I think those big ages are anxious for especially for women maybe maybe not especially for women and also i um my father died recently my mother has dementia these different things all going on and i started to feel this like is a birthday which i've always celebrated right celebrate yourself (laughs) but i've always celebrated that is this coming something to dread and i said no i'm not going to do that so um i wrote a show i uh, produced the show rented a theater you know filled the theater did a, a, a big deal for it and i think um it was my i don't know my creative response yes to the challenge that so many of us are facing and Mama et Moi is about the relationship between mothers and daughters and how complex they can be. Yes. And um, my relationship with my mother over the course of my life and how that is, um, the cycles of that, you know, that you think are resolved come all together when you when you end up in that caregiver yes. um, relationship. And so um, people came and, I mean, it was nice. I sang, I danced, people laughed, people cried, people clapped. <laughs> And I'm still getting people coming back saying, yeah, this is all the elements of that, whether it be the 60th birthday, whether it be the the mother-daughter relationships, whether it be the sandwich generation, it really resonated. And I see the one-woman shows I do as a way to understand or go deeper into the experiences that I'm having and then sharing them with those all the way through my life, whether it was Call My Name when I got divorced and was trying to come to terms with the woman I'd sort of abandoned at the altar, or in chaos I trust, looking at mortality and the absence of faith, mm. or Mama et moi, you know, this mother's daughter is so poignant at this time in my life, Yes, and how to capture that, and I think that's a way of service. And one of the things, I'm a creative, and it's hard sometimes to find your way and make your um, your work in the world, and... This is a way in which I see that art is service and Lifescapers is my business. Life coaching and fulfillment is what I care about. And this is the way that I really walk my talk. This and other ways. And by expressing it, I think what you're doing is you're giving people the opportunity and permission to, you're striking a chord in them Mm -hmm. so they can spark their own creative genius and their own, their own creativity. You're almost showing them the example of how this can be done. They don't have to copy what you're doing, but hopefully it's going to spark something in them that will allow them to do yeah. the same. It's asking the question in, you know, in this situation, what's my creative response? Mm-hmm. The book came from the same thing in the recession of 2008, right. you know, a creative response. Just don't let fear get in the way. Exactly. And let that spark stay ignited. And Darlene is great at helping you once you figure out what that spark is, or even helping you figure out that's what that spark is and making it happen and being a make it happen kind of person. When we come back, more conversation with Amy Fish and Darlene Chrisley and a meditation coming up at the end of the show. We'll be right back after this short break. Back in a moment. 
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today on the program, we are going to help you empower yourself, stand up for yourself, and even learn how to speak up for yourself with our first guest, motivational speaker, ombudsman, and author, Amy Fish, who is hilarious, brilliant, and just a fabulous person. She also just wrote this book, and I'm I'm showing you the galley version. The actual book is smaller. I wanted fries with that, how to ask for what you want and get what you need. She is just beginning a whirlwind book tour and is here to take your calls about learning how to speak up and how to complain effectively. If you have any questions for Amy, call us at 416 360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And she is here live in the studio. So exciting to answer your questions and tell us all about her exciting new book, I Wanted Fries with That. Also, later on in the program, we have masterful life coach Darlene Crisley, who is insightful, wise, and warm, and one of the best coaches in North America. She is also an author of a book called Conversations for Power and Possibility. Here it is. And as well, she has recently mounted a one-woman show, Mama et Moi, which will be coming back again soon. She will be helping you today with finding your passion, calling, and purpose. And we invite you to call her, too, with all of your questions on how to bring more fulfillment and creative expression into your life. The number to call is 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. But first, I am delighted to introduce you to my first guest, motivational speaker, Ombudsman at Concordia University in Montreal, and author Amy Fish. She's in Toronto because tomorrow she will be at Indigo Bookstore in Yorkdale, and she is having a conversation and book signing about her new book, I Wanted Fries with That, and the name of the event is called Books and Bagels, and it's taking place tomorrow, Sunday, October 20th at Indigo Yorkdale in Toronto from 11 to 1 p.m. You don't want to miss it. On a personal note, I know why I love to call this show Finding Your Bliss with Judy Liebrach and friends, because a lot of the people who appear on this program are my dear colleagues and friends. And in this case, Amy Fish is not only a celebrated author, but she is also a wonderful person who I'm happy to call my friend. Amy, welcome. Thank you, Judy. You're my friend, too. (laughs) I'm happy about that. (laughs) 
Amy, when you were only four years old, you said the word, I hope I can pronounce it, sesquipedalian, which means somebody who uses long words. The word exemplifies how much you've always loved words and that you were also a budding author from the start. But what your cousin, Arthur Fish, said about you and was even more duly impressed by is that at two years old, this happened, and I quote, Amy came out for dinner to a pizza joint in Hyannis, Massachusetts, with me, Joel, and our beloved Aunt Judy, your late beloved mother, who was then pregnant with Amy's sister, Laura, and little two-year-old Amy ordered her own pizza all by herself. <laughs> Can you so it's been pizza and fries since the day one, Jude. I like that. Can you tell us what attracted you, Amy, to words in the English language at such a young age? I actually didn't know that story. So <laughs> I what attracted me to words, well, Arthur and Joey, my cousins, thought it was hilarious to teach me the word sesquipedalian. <laughs> and you know, when you're very small, you don't know the difference between sesquipedalian and duck, right? <laughs> Someone teaches you that duck says quack and sesquipedalian uses big words and you just kind of go along with it. And so that was a family prank. I love that. that. I love that so much. We have something for you from Zoomer, and it's in honor of your book, I Wanted Fries with That. And it's it's just, and excuse the crackling, everyone. It's just a little French fries on a keychain and a book about McDonald's and French fries. But oh, here you go. fantastic. That's Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. Books are the best presents for authors. <laughs> we love to read as much as we love to write. Thank you so, so You're much. You're very, very welcome. I would show you this Facebook camera, but I don't want to crinkle. So, But we'll we're going to put, put it, it on, on, on Amy's Instagram. And Amy's Instagram is? Amy Fish Writes. Amy Fish Writes. Perfect. Amy, you work as an author. Ombudsman at Concordia University. Can you describe for our listeners what exactly you do as an ombudsman or do you prefer ombudsperson? At Concordia, the title is ombudsperson. And the job is to promote fairness in the university. So anytime anybody sees something that they believe is unfair, they come and knock on my door. Wow. And do you think you get this penchant for being able to deal with justice and unfairness because your father... Morris Fish was a, a, a judge with the Supreme Court of Canada, the highest court in the land. Do you think that you come by this honestly? Well, that's interesting. I think that my dad is a retired Supreme Court justice. And before that, he was a criminal defense lawyer. So he was always looking to make sure that everybody's rights were protected and that everybody's voice was heard. And then on the other side of the dinner table, we find my mother may she rest in peace, who taught emotionally disturbed children. And so my mother's job was, you know, sometimes you'll read in the tabloids about someone who was locked in a closet for eight years, and then they would come out. And my mom's job was to teach these kids how to read and how to add. She taught grade three and four or five, I think, or three and four. And she taught them basic skills, but they were really, really emotionally neglected and disturbed children. It was in a psych department of a hospital. And so that includes being compassionate and thinking about all sides of the problem, meeting with all different kinds of people. And it also includes making sure people's rights are protected and making sure that fairness is served. So I think I came by it very honestly. Very honestly. And you have two wonderful parents. And I knew your mother as the most wonderful woman, really a beautiful person inside. Now, they're just asking you to move a little closer to the mic or move the mic closer to you. Yeah, perfect. How's this? That's great. How's this, guys? (laughs) Yes, thumbs up. 
You are also, Amy, a motivational speaker and a book reviewer. In fact, you wrote a wonderful book review for our Finding Your Bliss magazine on Rebecca Eckler's new book, Mm -hmm. which our listeners can read at findingyourbliss.com. Can you tell us about your new book, I Wanted Fries With That, How to Ask for What You Want and Get What You Need? What inspired you to write the book and why did you choose this very cool title? A lot of questions. Yes, Let's break it I down. know that was a double barrel. I know <laughs> that was, was a triple. A lot of that was a triple. <laughs> I, they were coming at me very fast. Uh, let me tell you about the book. The book is divided into three sections. The first part is I want my problem solved. That's when you have something to return and you don't have the receipt, or something is not going your way and you have a specific issue to tackle. Chapter two is, I want you to change. I want you to put down your cell phone. I want you to brush your teeth. There's something about you that I need changed. Love that. (laughs) And section three is, now I've mastered all those skills, and now I'm going to hit section three. I want justice to be served. So in this third section, we have examples where I might not personally get a payoff. I might not get my fries, but in the global world, I want someone to get their fries. Or it turns out two-year-old me wanted pizza, but whatever it is. What would be a perfect example of number three? Um, when you see someone you know who is not ha- disabled parking in a handicapped spot. Right. And you need to address it. Right. Even though you parked your car, you took the subway to work that day, you don't need the spot. But you've got to make sure but that spot got- is safe for That's the person right. who really needs it. That's right. That's and beautiful. I'm always careful to say someone you know because a lot of disabilities are not visible. And so I would not go and attack someone on the street. We don't know their whole life story. But if it's someone I know in a work setting or a personal setting, right. I think that's a that's a, um, an injustice that I can't walk past. That's an injustice that drives me crazy. There's there's a question that you deal with in the book, and it gets a lot of attention, mm-hmm. media, mm-hmm. and it's about telling someone that they have bad breath that they do so. Most of us shudder at the thought, and I was on the edge of my seat when I was reading that chapter. Mm-hmm. I told someone about it here at the station. I think he was on the edge of his seat. He's smiling, and. You handled it with such a plum, such confidence and grace, and I, I was so impressed with you the way you handled it. So how did you tell an employee that they had bad breath and still have that employee happily working for your company, your husband's company? Well, a few things were in my favor in that case. One was I was the boss telling an employee. One was that we were willing to put some money behind it. So if the employee wanted to get dental work or had any concerns about their mouth, they do have good health insurance at this company. Oh, that's so great. that's something to think about. And it was directly impacting us, right? Because my husband sells cleaning products. And if someone's breath isn't clean, I think that could be a concern <laughs> that just has to be handled. <laughs> right. So how I did it was I took him into an office and I just said, look, uh, we're getting complaints about your breath. And sitting across from you here, I think they might have a point. And you used a great line as well. I believe you said something like your breath is not fresh. It's it's actually such a blissful comment because you're not saying your breath is bad. Mm-hmm. You're saying, you're sort of spinning it in a positive way. Your breath is not as fresh as it could be. Right. And what happened when you said that to him? He was very embarrassed and he agreed to look after it. And he, you got him a dentist. Yeah. And, and this is better than saying to someone, here's, here's a stick of gum. Here's some mouthwash. Here's, you know, those strips. That you put on your <laughs> this is, this is a direct and you're saying it with confidence. Yes. Politely. Yes. Which I think is key, right? Yes. And yet you're really stating it. Yes. Which is so good. We were talking about this in the break about yes. a child, but this is so important to just say it. Mm hmm. And, and say it politely. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. You know, there's, there's a comedian. 
uh, I don't know if you know him because I think you're a little young. He's a little older. Uh, Stevie Ray Fromstein. And he used to do this bit and, and comics out there, forgive me if I'm not getting it exactly right, but a bit where he would say, I was driving along and someone sideswiped me, cut me off. And I was so mad. I got out of my car. I picked him up by, by his collar, by his shirt sleeves. And I said, don't you ever do that again. Well, ex- actually, what I said was, excuse me, um, I'm sorry if I'm in your way. Like he wasn't able. <laughs> and that's the whole bit. Right. That's the whole act, right? right? But isn't this a thing? We, we start off with the best of intentions to go and, and speak up and empower ourselves and say what we need to say. But because we're too shy or we're too overwhelmed or we're, we're afraid to hurt someone's feelings, we're, we find it hard to say. I know because I'm very guilty of this. So what are some tips on how to empower yourself and say what you need to, to, need to say? I think the number one thing you need to know is that speaking up works. Even if you're not 100% confident in your technique, even if you're not 100% confident that you're speaking to the right person, if you say something, maybe you can affect change. If you stay quiet, nothing's ever going to change. So you have to take the chance. Right. And then the second point off of that is not only for yourself, but everyone in line behind you. Because the next person who's going to have to talk to this smelly breath person will be so grateful <laughs> you that you the way. cleared the air, <laughs> right. paved the way for them. <laughs> That's right? so good. It's interesting. We got an email from someone named Rachel, and this is what she wrote to you. When I fear speaking up and asking for what I want or need, I tend to say internally to myself, What's the worst case scenario that they say that they say no? Uh, you do you think that's a good technique or method to help you speak up or out? It's just to say what's the worst that can happen. It's kind of what you just said. I think that if you have a technique that works, then it works, and that's great. And go for it. Go for it. As Canadians, we have a reputation for being so polite and reserved. Do Canadians find it harder to complain than our American counterparts? I don't have any scientific studies that I could quote for you on that, but I definitely know that that's a reputation, which I think works in our favor, because that means we could stand up in a very quiet and gentle way and still get what we want. Yes, that's so wonderful. Um, I'm just going on here with uh, your book club. So you you are part of a book club and you run a group with women. I think you had something called Bitch and Stitch. Is that actually oh. what it's called? Or is that what okay. you actually did? <laughs> that's funny. I love my book club. The best thing about my book club is that we don't read books every month. Oh, that's so good. So you don't have the pressure. There's no, it's a no pressure book club. We get together once a month. We've been together for 15 years. Wow. And yes. What are you reading now? And now we are not reading, (laughs) but very mysteriously, we were told to bring a roll of wrapping paper to the next. Oh, yes. Interesting. So you have to plan something. I always do a book, of course, but I normally do the January meeting. Because people can read over the break. Smart. Yeah. So I normally do the January and I normally give the book way in advance. And so I have to start thinking about that. I haven't picked my read for this year yet. That's so great. You talk about what if someone gets fired because you complained about them? You got up the courage, you complained about them, and they get fired. Would that make you feel guilty? Oh, I love this one. If someone gets fired, it's not because you complained about them. If someone gets fired, it's because they did something wrong. If you shed a light on that, good for you. Right, 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 right. And you also have to remember that it normally takes a lot of complaints to tip a scale. Yes. So you might be the f- frustrated because the person didn't get fired, right? Right. And then you might be, you still, like, don't discount your complaint because you might be the first one on the pile. Right. And then there will be seven more after you. 
And eventually, eventually your complaint will have been— The tipping point will occur. That's correct. Right. So right. it's very important to speak up even if you're not the one because look at it the other way. If you don't, and then there's a, a, a second infraction— and somebody comes along and complains, and we check the employee file, and it's empty because no one's ever complained about this person before, that next person's complaint's going to hold less weight because you were too scared to speak up. That's right. You're helping helping the cause. Right, right. Many of us use social media to promote something or to ask for something. How does asking for what you want work or not work using social media? I am not very experienced in asking for what I want using social media because I tend to be very direct. But wherever I go, people have success stories. So again, this is one where if it works for you, I say, try it. At the same time, I think you have to remember it's just one tool in your arsenal. Mm -hmm. This doesn't excuse you from confronting the situation a little more head on. If you're ranting and raving and raving and ranting about a problem and you get millions of likes and shares, it still doesn't mean you've done anything to correct it. Right. You've gotten the attention and the self-satisfaction, but you haven't done anything to make things better. Right. So remember that. You have to you have to just speak up. So you have to do it the old-fashioned way sometimes. What about more delicate situations that involve your kids? Do you have any advice about speaking to your kids' teachers or coaches or husbands even? <laughs> <laughs> well, you might not like this one. Oh. Okay, let's pause for a moment. Okay. <laughs> My biggest advice about complaining to teachers and coaches is that the children should do it wherever possible. Yes. So I would have to be very highly convinced that this is something that needs to come from a parent. Even from a very young age, I really encourage the kids to stand up for themselves. And in fact, I'm doing a talk in Montreal later this month um, on the same I Wanted Fries with that tour, which is how to teach your kids to stand up for themselves. And it's at a high school in Montreal. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. And when you say young age, like six years old, like how, how soon is Well, young? my biggest example <laughs> is that when you have a little kid, like a one or two-year-old, and the kid says, I'm thirsty, do not pour them a drink. I'm thirsty is a statement. The children have to learn <laughs> to say, <laughs> no, the ch- not here's the fridge, but the children have to learn to say, I'm thirsty. May I please have a drink? Right. It's not the same statement. Right. So if we're running around refreshing everybody's water <laughs> bottle, hemp juice, squeezed, whatever, then... We're not giving them a chance to speak up and ask, even for their most basic needs. Right. And I really believe that's where it starts. That's so smart. I love that. That's, that's the beginning of empowerment. You're letting them know that you can do it and you're not doing it all for them. I'm so guilty of <laughs> the latter. Uh, so when you are speaking up or complaining effectively, one of the themes in the book is compromise and creativity. Can you explain that? Yes. This actually goes well with your social media question. So if you're looking for something and you can't get what you want, you try a different way. You try a different thing. If you call and you don't get a good customer service rep who really the person doesn't really want to help you, then you can try emailing. If emailing doesn't work, you can try the little chat box. If you're not very computer oriented, you could mail a letter. If you are super new generation, (laughs) then you can try (laughs) tweeting. So that's what I mean by being creative about how you're going to resolve the complaint. I love the story about, I don't know if it was the 90s, we have a call, but I'm going to say this quickly, the $97 onesie that the woman went into a store to buy right. with the embroidery on it, yeah. the flowers. It did sound quite beautiful. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then she left. Yeah. And when she left, she went, oh my goodness, what have I just done? 97 when I could buy it at the Bay for like, you know, whatever, $30. Yeah. yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. 
we're, we're going to, we've got all these calls coming through. But anyway, that's an example that I think fits with the answer you just gave of yeah. going through all the different things. You go back, you, you know, she saw the sign, no refunds on the wall, but you go mm-hmm. back and try every different thing. Okay. We have on the air, uh, I think almost here is Lynn from Waterloo who is calling. And we also have Gloria from Toronto. So we're just waiting. Oh, we don't have them just yet. So we'll continue on with the story. What are the things that you advise this woman who had to return the onesie? Well, what happened with that story is that as soon as she walked out the door, she felt like she had made a big mistake. And so she went immediately back into the store and the clerk said, I'm not helping you. It's no refunds, no exchanges. So that's where creativity came in a different way. Because there, my suggestion was, what else can you get? Can you get a gift card? Can you get it gift wrapped? Can you get them to throw something else in with it? Can you get a receipt that subtly, not so subtly, shows how much you spent so that um, the gift receiver will know that this this was a gift with heft? Right, right. Did it work out in the end? Well, no, because by the time the story came to me, it had already happened, right? So this is a woman who I was booked to speak at a knitting store, and that's where the stitch and bitch comes in. It was an event. <laughs> oh, that was an event. It okay. was an event. So it was Stitch and Learn To <laughs> okay. Bitch with Amy Fish. Right. That's it was so in Edmonton. That yeah, was a few so years. It was with my first book so in you Edmonton. Were knitting? Well, I was I can't I you know, my husband thinks I could speak in it at the same time. I don't know if I could. It <laughs> might be a fun party. Yeah, exactly. It might be a fun party trick, but I have not attempted it as of yet. <laughs> oh, we have Gloria on the line. Hi, Gloria. Gloria is calling from Hi. Toronto. How are you? Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. On AM seven forty FM ninety six point seven. Good good uh, good day. <laughs> thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Do you have a question for our um, illustrious guest, Amy Fish? I do. I just wanted to know uh, how do you speak up and get what you need if someone doesn't respect your boundaries? Specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think that you have to know what your boundaries are, first of all, and have a very clear picture of what you're willing to do and not willing to do. In the book, I give the example of um, somebody whose family comes over for a Sunday dinner and they're always late. And so mm-hmm. uh, my advice to her is to set her boundaries in terms of setting a ta- an inflexible start time. And dinner starts at that time. And if people don't respect the dinner time, we'll catch them for dessert. They're still welcome, but you're not going to compromise your dinner time or whatever, Gloria, your specific issue is. You know what your boundaries are, and if they can't be met, then you got to be prepared to walk. Sometimes that's a difficult decision. Sometimes you might need support or professional support, but boundaries are very important to me. Does that answer you? It does. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. Thank you for your call, Gloria. We have Lynn on the line from Waterloo. Is Lynn on the line? Yes. Hi, Lynn. Um, How are you? Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you very much. Do you have a question Um, for Amy Fish? Yes. What are some of the ways of setting aside your fear of speaking up for yourself? What are you afraid of? Um, Of hurting somebody or or if the person's going to get angry or... Okay. Um, Um... Okay, I can answer. So let me give you a few tips. One is to include the person in the solution. So if um, if the issue is, can you give me some sense of the issue? Because I really don't want to talk about bad breath anymore. I'm starting to feel like maybe I need a stick of gum. 
<laughs> Can you give me an example, Lynn? Um, uh, maybe it's something at work and... Oh, something at work. Okay, let's do work. So let's say this is an example from I Wanted Fries with that, how to ask for what you want and get what you need. The example is, let's say your coworkers don't clean the kitchen and it's really gross and you have to share the kitchen with them and you really can't stand it. Okay. And you've tried and you've put up the polite signs with the Garfield and the Snoopy saying, you know, everyone clean the kitchen and nothing's working. What do you do? You have to make the problem bigger than just the kitchen and you. So in this example, I suggest looking for a regulation, a health regulation that they're not following and bring that up at the next staff meeting or tell the boss privately, look, I understand that people in this company have had some areas inspected. Some of the kitchens have closed down and we really want to keep our little fridge and coffee maker. So I think it's really important that we, so my suggestion is to make the example bigger than yourself. So if let's say that you like that, does that help you Lynn? Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, good. good. Great. That's very helpful. Okay, good. Thank you for your call, Lynn. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. We have Bruce from Aurelia on the line. Hi, Bruce. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Uh, Really, really great. uh, Great, great program today. Thank you so much. How's your breath? Uh, well, I think most days it's just fine. Okay, good. What can I do for you? So I, I just, um, I just had a question listening to the program. I know we're we're getting to the tail end of election season, and one of the things that uh, I've had experience with in the last little while is doing some door to door work on behalf of a local candidate. And when you sometimes when you confront people, you know, you come up to their door and ask them about the election and what they're thinking, you're sometimes met with a little bit of hostility. Sometimes emotions can get a little high and you're kind of on the receiving end of that as the, as the person there on behalf of your candidate. And I, I wonder if Ms. Fish might have some thoughts on what's, how's the best way to handle that? Uh, certainly at the door, but even the kind of reaction you have to that when somebody kind of gets up in your face a little bit and to be able to still, you know, soldier on and and continue to do your work and not sort of to let it, uh, you know, let let it run off your back a little bit and not be too concerned about it. I think the number one thing to think about in that situation, Bruce, is it's not about you. It's about them and whatever they're going through. So you're going to prepare yourself because, look, you're doing something because you believe in this candidate and you believe in democracy, Right. And on behalf of the citizens of Canada, honestly, I thank you because I think this volunteer work is very important. But going along with going door to door, it's automatic 100% that not everyone's going to agree with you, right? So so you have to prepare yourself. Today I'm going out. I'm going to knock on 30 doors. Let me make a little bet with myself. Hmm. Let's say 10 will go my way, 10 (laughs) won't go my way, 10 will be neutral, (laughs) right? And then you just say to yourself, oh, that was one of the negatives. Okay, maybe the next one will be a positive. And that's it. It's part of the job. You got to expect it. And it's not about you. These people don't know you. So they're not insulting you. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they just got some bad news. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have something scheduled for Monday that they're worried about and the election is bringing up some kind of bad emotion. Mm -hmm. We're working on very little data here, Bruce. Right. Are you you seeing what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. So I think... Go ahead. No, I say because you don't know necessarily what's going on in the background there. You have no idea because you're you're just, you know, instantly into it. Exactly. Exactly. So when you get to the door and someone starts in, you just back away. Thank you very Mm -hmm. much. Have a nice day. Come out and vote. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and get yourself mentally prepared that you're going to have a few of those. Yes, and yeah. make a bet with yourself. Make it fun. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> love Great. it. Thank you so much Thanks. for your call, Bruce. We, we really appreciate it. Amy, we'd love you to stick, uh, stay with us while our next guest joins us in studio. Can you stick around? I'd love to. Thanks. Next up on the show, we have the brilliant and masterful life coach, uh, Darlene Crisley. When we come back from this commercial break, Darlene will be here to talk all about creativity and finding your passion and your calling. Give us a call if you have questions for Darlene at 416-360-0740 or one 866 Stay with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.